Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. Obviously, if all seniors had the option, they would be living at home, but sometimes that isn't always possible. Well, guess what? That is where Texan Senior Residential Care Homes comes into the picture. Texan specializes in making its facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. I'm talking full living room, kitchen, dining room, cable TV, music, games, fireplace, you name it. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes has it. They've even got home-cooked meals by experts. It's an extra throw-in. Not only that, there are no move-in fees, no visitation restrictions, so your loved ones are free to stop by and visit anytime they please. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes are located at I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more info, you can call 469-400-7650. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Taylor Raglan. And gentlemen, let's talk week seven of high school football season. As is tradition at this juncture of the week, we're going to talk a bit about our uh, our reader-voted game of the week, and then um, preview some of the other marquee matchups happening within our coverage area. Big thanks to everybody who voted in this week's game of the week poll. Fortunately, this one was not even close. <laughs> We uh, just went through and tallied up the uh, the percentages. 86% of the vote went the way of one game, and it is the uh, the headline act probably for the remainder of the regular season in District 96A, yep. Friday, 7 p.m. out at Eagle Stadium, Plano East visiting Allen. Uh, Plano East becoming quite a player on the uh, on the game of the week. Well, it's the third time already this season that East has uh, East has been recognized as game of the week. We're gonna have to cut them off from game of the week <laughs> options from here on out. We get it. You guys are passionate, and we love the support. <laughs> Nevertheless, so, so yeah, I mean, they, uh, a game that, you know, all things considered, I mean, Taylor, we talked about this last week. Like, you know what, whatever was voted game of the week, we'll talk about it. We'll preview it yeah. and whatnot. But obviously, given the proximity of this game to our coverage area, yeah, I'm pretty excited that this game got named game of the week because I hope it's a good one. Yeah. You have, um, I mean, both teams are coming in undefeated, 5-0, and 2-0 and in district play. They've got the, they're fresh off the bye week, so you get that added, added uh, element as far as getting an extra week to prepare, making sure everybody gets it's healed up. An and extra week go. of hype cycle. Yep. And, um, yeah, the hype cycle was, um, I mean, it pretty much began the second that, uh, you know, that Plano East beat Prosper. Yep. <laughs> as far as, uh, yeah, laying the groundwork for a, uh, this is, you know, it's Allen versus Plano ISD, so you know the, the checkered history of PISD versus Allen over the last, you know, near decade and a half. Um, Allen is riding a 54-game winning streak against Plano ISD, dating all the way back to 2005. However, during that stretch, this is the latest end of the season that Allen and a PISD team are meeting, and both are undefeated. Yeah. You've had, yeah. Some, 
you've had instances where Allen has played a PISD team that's been unbeaten a bit later. You know, in 2008, you had, um, you know, when they played uh, Plano, they were 7-0. You know, Allen had one loss at the time to Euless Trinity, and that was that game, unfortunately, did not live up to the hype. Allen won that game 56-23 to and would later on win their first ever state championship. Um, so, yeah, it'll, time will tell if Friday is, uh, is any different. Um, you know, Taylor, this is a, you're going to be at this game. I Congratulations, am. by the way. I know you gave me this one. <laughs> I was excited. I've, I fully expected to roll in one day and have you uh, make the executive decision uh, and uh, put me somewhere else. But, yes, I will be out at Eagle Stadium for this one. I am uh, pretty, uh, pretty stoked about it. I don't want to take anything away from your, your shining moment here. It's, it's a big game, but I, I don't think it's going to be nowhere near as close as it's, it's pinned out to be. Granted, I don't hey, think you know what? these two teams. Previous history was, is going yeah. to tell you exactly that. Well, previous history and, I mean, any point, I mean, I know there's not, you know, quote-unquote point mm-hmm. spreads in high school yeah. football, but any prediction you see is at least, you know, I think I think my preview, um, I have Allen by 14. I've seen lines of, you know, 20, 20 and a half points for Allen. So it's 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 Allen's closest 9-6-8 test, but it's still not predicted to be. You know how shocked we all be if Allen beats him by thirty points? Not at all. Not no, shocked. No, yeah, I, I wouldn't there's, no. there's no margin of victory that Allen can beat any team by. That's surprising anymore. Especially mm-hmm. when I think a lot, you know, that uh, of the factor in this game is, you know, you look at two years ago, East lost Allen by seven points, oh, yeah. and and that was an East team that was very good as well. Um, but maybe an added element of. Not surprised, but not quite as much, you know, hype surrounding that team. But but this year it's it's five and zero. East is going into Allen's house. Allen knows exactly how good East is, and Allen's going to be up for this game um, as well to to kind of you know play the not the spoiler, but play the role of you know you you guys think you're good, but let's see you come in here and, that, and try. That 2016 to game was kind of a victim of timing, I think, yeah. just because of where it happened in the season. If that game happened midway through, I think that the build-up to that one would have been a bit different because that East team was, I mean, this was the team that had Anthony Hines, Miklo Small. I mean, it was a very talented team, as talented an East team as there's been um, in recent years. Better but, than this one now? Um, TBD. <laughs> I think this East team is the one thing... The offense, I, did, I think, is a bit more firepower. The one thing that I did say, too, is this East team is very complete. They're a very complete mm-hmm. football team. I don't know if that translates to complete enough or good enough to beat Allen at home for the first time since that stadium yeah. even opened. Um, but they're certainly, you know, an all-around, very well-coached, complete football team. Yeah, but so. that 2016 team already had a loss to Marcus on its ledger from earlier in the season. And East was kind of billed as maybe the second, third best team in that district coming in. So if you get that matchup in week six or Week five or week six, you know, versus week it was like week ten, I think. At two thousand six, the Bulls is probably yeah. a little bit different. Um, as far as, but it feels like right now, though, it does feel like these are the two best teams in in nine six eight, and they've yeah, shown they've I shown as much on the field. The beauty of this matchup is that both teams have pretty much been able to dictate just about every aspect of their season. They've been in control start to finish, with the exception of that first quarter and a half out in Saxe. Yeah, you know, between Plano East and Saxe, a game that was you know impacted by weather. Yeah. You know, so that has to be factored in. But nonetheless, neither of these teams have really had to break much of a sweat in the fourth quarter. They've won all their games by double digits, and well, something's got to give. And yep. That's the beauty. Much like much like when we were previewing Plano Eastern Prosper a couple weeks ago for the Game of the Week podcast, somebody's going to be taken out of their comfort zone for the very first time all season. And the beauty of it is, is just simply seeing just how they react. You know, and I uh, I think that just as important though, if I'm you know going to speak from Plano East vantage point is the mental equation. Mm-hmm. And Joey McCullough, you know, alluded as much to you when you talked to him earlier this week. There is a... It's not just... 
playing Allen is not just gearing up for a football team. <laughs> There's, um, I mean, it's you're just you're not just gearing up for a team that is just chock full of, of D1 athletes and as much depth and size as any team that you'll see. But when you're playing on the road, you're having to venture into a stadium that is befitting of a Division One university. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, flanked by a band that is the size of a Class 3A high school. I mean, there are so many elements hmm. that go into this game. You're not just preparing for a football team. You're preparing for just an experience that is unlike anything else that you can really replicate in high school football. And to be, we don't know if Plano East can handle that. Yeah. They're saying all the right things, and they have no reason to not feel like they can handle it because, right. like I said, they've been able to dictate every aspect of their season up to this point. You won't really know until you get there Friday night. To their credit, though, they do have one of the great motivators in high school football in head coach Joey McCullough. But there's, um, I, I do because I do think there is something to be said for teams that just you walk into that stadium and you just you see all that encompasses it, and by the time kickoff comes around, you're already just yeah, like, you already beat. Yeah, how do I process? all this. Yep, and that was the one thing that, that he literally, head coach Joe McCall I'm, I'm talking about, literally said that, that, you know, they, they look around, you know, 9-6-A and look at other teams, and like you said, they roll in there and they're already done. Before, you know, they even take the field, before warm-ups even happen, mm-hmm. you're just already mentally done. Um, and, and that's the one thing that East wants to avoid. One of the major talking points for, for McCullough heading into this one is just kind of the lack of pressure on East, and I, I'm not sure that that's completely accurate. I think there is some pressure not to lose by 30, like you alluded to, Brian. I think the pressure exists in being competitive, um, not necessarily going in and, and beating Allen, uh, though I think there is a, a slim chance that that happens. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked either if, if Plano East pulls off the upset, but um, I think the pressure for, for East is, is to be competitive and not be embarrassed and get run off the field, but I mean... McCullough is right in that Allen faces more pressure. I mean, Allen is expected to win every game yeah. that it runs out for. Um, Allen is expected to take care of East. Allen has all the pressure of, you know, we never lose at home. And, and you know, when you're Allen, maybe that pressure isn't that big of a deal because you, you go through it week in and week out. Yeah, but I don't think Allen feels an ounce of pressure. No, but and this is just a game, just another game for them. <laughs> but there's something to be said, I think, for East East's attitude of being loose. And, and literally, I've heard the words, let it fly, you know, mm-hmm. a dozen times yeah. talking, to, talking to McCullough about this game because that's what they do. They're going to throw vertical. They're going to let it fly. They're going to let their offense run, and, and they're going to see what happens. There's no there's no pressure to you know change who they are. They said, we're going to bring what we are. We're going to let it fly. We're going to be free and see what happens. And that's a good way to kind of segue into, I think, what is, if we're just looking at specific matchups to take note of heading into this one, I'm fascinated to see how Allen's secondary holds up against the Plano East wide receivers. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, statistically, the numbers are terrific this year for the Allen defense. Um, you know, they've only allowed an average of 181 yards per game, hmm. 96 through the year, 85 yep. on the ground. Scoring-wise, 9.6 points allowed. I mean, just... Top. And only two touchdowns from the starting yeah, defense, right? Yeah, and I mean, one of them was a symptom of a turnover yeah. late, you know, deep in their territory early on against uh, against McKinney. Otherwise, the only team that has actually put together a sustained drive against the starting defense was Plano early mm-hmm. in the second quarter of that game um, in their district opener. I'm fascinated to see, though, what the, what the Allen secondary does against East wide receivers because... Heading into the season, that was kind of the big question mark for yeah. Plano East. Was they graduated their entire secondary? Lots of Division One talent, you know, that is no longer there. There's still talent there, sure. You know, Mo, Mo Perkins, Devin Butler, to name two, but they're unproven as far as facing yeah. a team that is willing to throw the ball. Because, I mean, I just mentioned those numbers. You got to factor in though. Well, you've only allowed you know 96 passing yards per game. You got to factor in who they've played. Yeah. You know, they've played Mesquite Horn, Utah East, Capel, Plano, and McKinney. 
all of them are run-based teams. Yep. And that Coppell game, they only played a half. Yeah. They didn't play yeah. a full game. Yeah. I think the thing for me is, you know, you look at how the Allen secondary is going to rebound from the big play. Mm-hmm. Because when you play Plano East, you're going to give up at least one. Like Josh Allison or Braylon Henderson or Jalen Anderson or Joseph Carter or whoever, somebody's going to get open downfield, yeah. Mallory's going to find them, and they're going to have a 75-yard touchdown <laughs> through the air. Like, it, it happens every game. But the difference, I think, in, in, in maybe what Al, what pushes Allen over the edge despite, I mean, other than just, you know, being deep and being more talented than, than any other team arguably in the state, mm-hmm. um, is how that secondary kind of says, you know what, fine. You know those guys are super talented. There's four of them out there that, that they can line up that are that are capable of beating people. They got us once. We're not going to let it happen again, or we're not going to let it happen over and over and over because that's how East has been able to bury people. It's been 75 yard touchdown pass, get a defensive stop, 50 yard touchdown pass. All of a sudden you're up by 14 and you're scrambling a little bit. And every time Brandon Mallory gets the ball back, you know you're you're worried about that happening again and, and, and digging a deeper and deeper hole. The thing about those plays, though, those 75-yard plays, is that they typically take quite a bit of time to yeah. develop. So that's why I think you know coverage is one thing, but I think the one aspect that is best tailored to throw off the timing mm-hmm. of the East offensive uh, machine is the Allen defensive line. Yep. And that's where you know guys like Jaden Jernigan, Seth Mason, Emmanuel Nicori, that's where their role is going to be just on its paramount, because I think that that's kind of the heart of the uh, of the Allen defensive juggernaut. Is oh, yeah. It's the unit that, I mean, they rotate up front more so than just about any team in the state, and that's what keeps that pressure so constant. So I think that if they're able to generate pressure on Brandon Mallory, that's the aspect that's going to slow down Plano East. Not so much just shut down oh, yeah. the coverage. Well, not, because if Mallory just has all day to stop oh, yeah. and let these yeah. plays develop, then you know what? Eventually receivers are going to get open, yep. you know? <laughs> well, and he's going to make, that's that's kind of the aspect of Brandon Mallory that's been maybe the most impressive this year, is if he has that time, he very, very rarely makes the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Like, if you give him time regardless of, you know, how open somebody is or, or you know, what the receivers are doing, he's going to scan the field and he's going to make the correct choice. He mm-hmm. runs that offense like a well-oiled machine when he has the time to and when they're not being disrupted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're right. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, probably for the first time all season him be you know, hurried and disrupted at a level that, that he isn't quite used to on his way to throwing for, you know, almost 1,500 yards already through five games. And at the same time, just how much of a uh, of a difference is this going to be for the Plano East defense? Having yeah. to go up against what is hands down the most balanced and explosive yeah. offense that they've seen up to this point. Um, you saw them against Prosper. Mm-hmm. And it's, now, Prosper is not Allen from, a, you know, from just a sheer productivity standpoint, right. um, you know, through the air, through the ground, on the ground. But what was your, I mean, how do you feel like they handled the, the Prosper run game, so to speak? Because that's, Allen right. is still a, at the heart of it. Their run game is is, yeah. the, is the area that is most likely to really hemorrhage an opponent. Well, I think that Plano East handled the Prosper run game you know very well Uh, I think that was a big key for them I mean that was what I talked about all week leading up to that game and they held Wayne Anderson he had one big um, run at the start of the second half I think that was you know 30 yards or something for a touchdown that was kind of his biggest run all night I'm not sure he eclipsed I think he might have eclipsed 100 yards still but even that with him is is not the benchmark for a guy like Wayne Anderson I mean he wants to rack up 150 on you know 25 carries or, or something of that effect but um, it'll be a different sort of test, especially because I think at the beginning of that game against Prosper, Prosper um, was suffering from a lot of self-inflicted wounds, for sure. Uh, in the first half, um, they went backward on you know at least their first two drives, maybe three, with penalties, penalties. At, at one point, I looked up and, and you know looked at my, my play log, and they had like five false starts 
and it was still like somewhere in the middle of the second quarter. Like they they were really struggling to get things going on their own end, which you know it, it goes back to that Plano East offense. You know you have a couple drives where you sputter yourself and have some penalties and turn the ball back over, um, and then Brandon Mallory all of a sudden you look up and you're down twenty one nothing, and and that's enough to you know that halftime lead in that game was I don't remember exactly. 26-7 or something like that. Something to that effect. And Plano East, I don't even think, scored in the second half because they didn't have to because they had already essentially buried you know, Prosper in the first half with you know putting them in that big hole and then their defense just kind of took mm-hmm. over from there. So it'll be interesting to see um, if East's run defense is, is for real because you know this is, like you said, going to be their biggest test. It's something that they've keyed on all season, though, and something they've done well. I think their defense is averaging about 120 yards uh, run and pass against it's it's pretty much dead even you know 240 yards or so a game and, and pretty much a dead split so um i think if if they can you know step up against allen and, and hold you know that allen running game to something even resembling manageable that's that's a pretty big victory for for the east front for sure because the thing about allen is they don't have to beat you any one specific way nope. you know one of the one of the hallmarks and just in you know from coach gamble and just how this team approaches it is they it's the old cliche of they take what the defense gives them and mm-hmm. he, he wanted playing at least for the same i think yeah, as far as just what makes their passing game work um so i mean with allen it doesn't have to be this you know just because they have you know the, arguably the top receiver in the state and theo Wees, it's not just going to be a heavy diet of just yep. I can just force the ball to him if it's if Plano East is rolling mm-hmm. over its coverage in his direction. They have enough other options around there to, to beat you. I mean, they you know Grant Tisdale is as efficient a passer mm-hmm. as you'll find in the Metroplex. He's completing seventy two percent of his passes on the season. You know, just shy of eight hundred and fifty yards, thirteen touchdowns, one interception. Um, the run game can hit you all over. I mean, it's Grant Tisdale just as big a threat. You know, on his uh, on the ground. It's one thing. I mean, if if Plano East isn't spying Grant Tisdale on third down. Yep. <laughs> Then they're doing it all wrong because Grant Tisdale will pick up a third and long on you in a heartbeat if he has a if he has the space. Selden Manning has acclimated just fine to being the lead running back in his you know first uh, you know his first full fledged season of a of varsity action. He's averaging just over ten and a half yards per carry. Wow. Um, and then they've got another um you know they lost their um you know it was their other other big running back Andrew Henry they lost him in week one of the season you know but since then you know Grant Robinson has been a name a sophomore who has really kind of stepped up in his absence a physical tough runner who's averaging eight and a half yards per carry there's just so many horses in the stable over yeah. there there's just they never mm-hmm. seem to run out of, well, we of have guys six yeah we like have there's, there's just so many horses to yeah. run out there you know, that you know you can't one losing one guy is never going to kill them yeah. ever yeah, I mean it's in a you know as you know as far as receiving targets go, it's not just Theo Weiss, who again is you know again best receiver in this district, arguably the best receiver in the state. He'll win a jump ball against any defensive back in the district. Um, fascinated to see. I'm guessing Zach Logical will probably draw the bulk of the of the time on Theo Weiss. But um, I mean also, I mean if Weiss isn't there, then they've got Bryson Green, a sophomore who's yep. had a spectacular season for them. He's got five touchdown catches already. You know Elijah Fisher seldom used a, a tight end. That's right. Allen is one of the teams that'll make use of a tight. <laughs> End um, number ninety-five. So a uh, not the not your customary tight end it's number. A but, lineman. <laughs> yeah. but when he catches it, he makes a count. He's averaging. He's only caught four balls, but for eighty-two yards, so wow. over twenty yards a catch. 
Um, I mean, Jawan Mason, Darian Sherfield, I mean, the options are, are widespread. I mean, they can hit Raylan Sharp on a shovel pass. Raylan Sharp, who's got you know, just track-level speed. I mean, it's, the weapons are yeah. uh, pretty abundant for you know for Allen. So. Which, I mean, it's it's the same way with East. It, you alluded to Gamble kind of saying as much. East does the same thing as Allen as far as, you know, if, if you're going to just spread out and cover all our, our receiving threats, then we're going to hand it off to Trey Jones-Scott yeah. and, and take our four or five yards and do it all over again the next play. So, which another interesting point, um, Jones Scott McCullough said is good to go mm-hmm. uh, against Prosper. Had a little shoulder sprain. Said he's fine, but but definitely something to watch because he's very key, very athletic. McCullough, you know, every time I talk to him about him, says you know probably the most underrated athlete in the district, and and you know just a, a pretty all around. Um, guy that does a lot for them so so interesting to watch there but like you said it's going to be somebody being uncomfortable especially on offense Mm -hmm. because both these teams are so used to you know being running yeah being in command running the ball spreading it out throwing the ball and kind of doing what they want and imposing their will and and somebody's not going to be allowed to do that so what is the what is the plan of east path to victory in your eyes i think we've talked about this you know when you look at allen's losses um, which are few and far between, mm-hmm. it's because they get down early. Yep. I think that, that East path, path to victory is to you know go in there, kind of punch Allen in the mouth early yep. um, with you know 14 points, 21 points, and then hold Allen somehow off off the board and and try to look at maybe a you know a, a halftime lead is certainly a, a huge thing um, because like we talked about, Allen almost always wins the second half. They just have. Yep. Too many guys, too much depth, you know, too many ability or too much ability to, to rotate guys in and out um, for teams to hang with them conditioning wise. And and McCullough admitted as much. He's like, we've been conditioning harder, you know, than in in trying to uh, combat that depth by being in shape and, and keeping the game close enough to keep Allen to their ones and twos and not their threes and fours. But still, Allen will likely win the second half. So East has to get out to a big lead um, and and try to force Allen to to climb out of a hole because if you let Allen get on top then you know that's when things start to spiral a little bit there's just a reference point yeah those previous two Allen losses the only ones that they've suffered since October 2012 uh, they were down at the half against the Woodlands 20 to 3 and they mm-hmm. were down against Westlake 16 to 0 so yep. there is a very similar manuscript for if there's a way to uh to, to slay the Allen juggernaut but those are deep in the playoffs those are those oh, are still yeah. semifinal yep, games yeah. yep um, as far as like the uh, the route to victory for Allen, I mean, it's it's you know I don't think you have to you know get as you don't have to bend you know the logic as much to to make sense for Allen because Allen is Allen. Like I yep. said, they're going to take what the defense gives them, and they can be methodical. They can hit you with big plays. I think that Plains is going to come into this game just jacked to the gills with confidence. They've had two weeks to sleep on this one, and just I think they're fired up. This is I think for them a uh, a chance to make a statement to the rest of yep. Texas. So if you're Allen. I mean, I think those the first quarter is going to be so fascinating to see just how this game, who was able to, I guess, draw first blood and yeah. how momentum is set for that early on. Just because, like, if you're Allen, if you're playing a Weast and just you've been able to do things as you please up to this point, if Allen comes out and if Allen gets a, uh, you know, forces you know them to a three and out or yeah. whatever, and that's another thing. Like, what makes, like, some of the statistics that you see for a lot of Allen's players might not look as eye-popping because, A, they often don't play all four quarters, and B, yeah. They work with a lot of short fields mm-hmm. because they will, um, the, you know, the defense will 
have you pinned back. You'll start from the 25. You know, you go three and out. You move, you know, two, three yards. You punt the ball, and Allen sets up shop right near midfield. And then they march right down and score, and that process just rinses and repeats itself. So I think if Plano East is on the, you know, if, if things go poorly for Plano East early on, you wonder just how that's going to affect them from a confidence standpoint. So I think that, um, you know, the onus is kind of on Allen then to make, make East feel as uncomfortable as possible. Yep. And we shall see. Um, as far as... Final score? Final score, um, let's see. That's what I've been waiting for. This yeah. Well, what do you think? I think Allen wins by three or four touchdowns. Three or four Honestly, touchdowns. Yeah. I took in my preview, like I said, I took 14, and, and that's largely a vote of confidence for what I think, like I said, is a good, complete East team. I think it could be a bigger margin victory than that if Allen comes out and plays, you know, perfectly and, and, and like they usually do. But um, for the purposes of that, I mean, let's go like, I don't know, 35. 21 or potentially 42 28 something like that i think it's going to be higher scoring than than um the allen defense is is used to but um i went with allen just based on like i said they've never lost at the new york stadium ever so it's it's a tough mountain to climb but but my margin of victory only being 14 which sounds kind of crazy but with mm-hmm. a, a team like allen you can say only 14 is is certainly my nod to you know, East's ability and, and uh, potential for, you know, however slim it might be, potential for them to, to punch Allen in the mouth Friday. So, um, You know, we mentioned that 2016 game, a game that was decided by seven points, 38-31. Um, to 31. With um, Beyond that, I mean, you know, most recent matches between these two teams, at least during the Joey McCullough era, I mean, Allen's won all of them, but, I mean, they haven't been just complete washouts. No? You know, most of them were decided in the range of, you know, 20 to 24 points mm-hmm. and whatnot. So um, I'll kind of split the difference here. Um, I've got mm-hmm. Allen by, let's say, around 20 or so. You know, yeah. I think this is a game that can be, you know, competitive for, you know, for a half, maybe two and a half quarters. Um, but I think that the, the depth that, uh, that Allen has, plus we haven't even mentioned this up to this point, I mean, Plano East has got to get its penalties in check. Yeah, <laughs> averaging double-digit yep. penalties on the season, even in their even in their big win against Prosper, they committed yeah. fourteen. Wow. Yep. I mean, if you yeah, if you rack up fourteen flags against Allen, happen. then you are dead. Yes, straight up. Um, and I think by that same accord, I uh, I just you know the East offense is just there. It's they come at you with just this this, this barrage, mm-hmm. and then just you're left in their wake. But there is something something to be said from as McCullough's mentioned that they have not put together four yep. complete quarters yep. um, of offensive football. And we'll see. Maybe Friday's the if there's ever a time. It to has do it, to be. Friday, it has to be for them to win. It has to be the first full game they play. The margin for error is just so slim, and I'm just not sure I trust Plano East to be able to make the the just commit the uh, you know the. I don't know, just play the error-free football that it takes to be able to you know, take down Allen, especially in Eagle Stadium with, again, all of the <laughs> the surrounding... Uh, the surrounding the paraphernalia. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, give me uh, give me Allen overall by, let's say, 20. So, that is, um, yeah, and the picket line was uh, was in line on this one. A clean sweep for Allen. They see the Eagles moving to 6-0, and maintaining their stranglehold over, uh, over Plano ISD. So, hey... Joe McCullough's been pumping that underdog card for two weeks, so yep. there you go. Here's about 20 minutes worth of underdog fodder for you, Joey. Um, and that will, uh, yeah, so that'll uh, be our look at this game. Um, obviously, we wanted to get the uh, the viewpoint from one of these standout players on one of these teams, and for that, um, I went out to Allen, and I had a chance to chat with their standout defensive lineman, Jaden Jernigan, on the, uh, the great season that the Allen defense is having, plus the big game Friday against Plano East, and we'll see what Jaden had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, if you need it painted, ATD painting has got you covered. 
At ATD Painting, their goal is to provide a home improvement experience that is a great value, trouble-free, and enjoyable. And painting is really just kind of scratching the surface as to what they uh, as to what these appointments entail. For ATD Painting's interior projects, things like painting, wall repair, ceiling repair, they'll make sure that your floors and furniture are protected and that everything is all cleaned up afterwards. For exterior projects, not only will they do the painting, but they will hand scrape loose paint, reattach loose boards, recalk windows or doors, plus much more. Not only that, if you visit their website right now, atdpainting.com, you can find a coupon for $200 off a complete exterior purchase. Um, once again, ATD Painting. They've got four locations in the Metroplex, including in Plano and Louisville. For more information, call 972-694-8888 or visit atdpainting.com. That is ATD Painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. We are out here at Allen High School talking with Jaden Jernigan, senior defensive lineman for the Allen Eagles, the reigning Class 6A Division One state champions. Allen prepping for uh, for a big game on Friday right here at Eagle Stadium, seven o'clock against Plano East. First off, Jaden, thank you for taking the time to chat. No problem. So you guys are a five and zero once yes, again. Sir. I believe the uh, the sixth straight year that Allen's been five and zero. So plenty of familiarity with this uh, with this hot start. Um, just kind of size up the first half of the regular season for the guys and just how you feel that things have went, at least on the defensive side. Of the ball. Oh yeah, defensive. We've been doing really good. We're trying to keep our records of from last year outstanding. Defensive points allowed. So we're just trying to redo everything we did last year. Because why switch up? Now you guys get a get an extra week to prep for for, for playing a week. You guys are coming off the bye week. I'm um, just kind of recap the previous week for me. Just how do you feel the bye week went and how the guys maximized the uh, the time away from all this? Oh, it was great. We had practice every single day. We made sure that we had everything right gave us an extra week we looked into everything we had percentages on runs and everything we're just trying to make sure that we can achieve our goals how'd you uh, how'd you spend the other uh, friday night off oh i love that uh, i actually went out to oklahoma state okay yeah. all right just just to take any were you there for the weekend to watch the game or yes yeah, so i was there for the weekend to go watch uh watch them play at iowa state okay far out so um i mean obviously another another strong year for you in the defense just par for the course um just I, one thing i've noticed um especially in recent years is that this defense starts the season really fast yeah. like sometimes you'll see at the start of the year you got some you know positional groups that are kind of going through uh trying to find their way trying to you know figure out an identity but with Allen, it feels like you guys are in mid-season form by halftime of game one um just what is it that enables the this defense to start each season so fast it's our practice everybody makes sure that everybody is on key the coaches don't have to get on us during practice we make sure on ourselves so every corner even if it's a two or a three everybody betters themselves and with you being um, one of the centerpieces on the uh, on the defensive line, I'm a unit that um, just for years has really thrived on just the depth. I feel like I think I feel like Allen rotates its defensive linemen more than just about any team in the state. Um, just talk a bit about that depth and just how important that is to the uh, the defensive line and the defense as a whole, and just their ability to perform the way that they do. Yeah, we got to. Everybody says when you're in your three plays, you're in. Go ahead and go 100% effort. We don't want anybody that's maybe a starter that goes 80%. We got a two just as good as 100%. Now I'm um, a big game on Friday against Plano East, five and zero versus five and zero. They're fired up for this game, as I'm sure y'all are. Um, just what are some impressions on Plano East, and just what you see out of them on film? Uh, all my boys over there, Braylon Anderson. He he's always good. He's all one we have to look out for. Quarterback can still run very well, mobile. The offensive line is pretty good. Who's going against me? Sixty-seven. He's a returning starter. So we just know that if we play for ourselves and think about ourselves, we should be good. 
Now, just talk a bit about your preparation specifically, just week to week. Just how do you, um, what do you do to prepare for a certain matchup that you have on the opposing offensive line? I always look at film. I got workouts on Sunday with my with my personal trainer. We look at the film for at least an hour, hour and a half, and I make sure I know what pass moves I can do, tendencies, and heavyweight hands. You just gotta make sure that you know. You gotta study your players. And um, now a game that East is very much fired up for. I believe that the uh, the headlines are already out there after they beat Prosper. Where they get some folks in their student section, you know, chanting, "We want Allen." Yeah, we want him. We cool with it. Yeah. So yeah. So when you guys hear something like that, I mean, just how do the players? How does the team react? To, oh, you know, we we saw that on Twitter right when we got off the bus against McKinney. We saw it. We were ready for it. We said that's what we want. Another team five and zero, and it's a district team, so we play them every year. We just always before every game we look at the last time we beat we lost to them. Last time we lost to anybody, and we want to make sure we're not the team that does it. And uh, so, lastly, before I let you go, I mean it's a you know a big challenge. You know, five teams have tried to slow down that offensive play in the East, and five teams have uh, fallen short. So, on your end, at least with the uh, with the Allen defense, what needs to happen on Friday for y'all to do what you know no one else has been able to do to this point and slow down play in the East? We got to match speed with speed. We got to make them want to get outside. So our defensive tackles, me and Seth Mason, all we're trying to do, clog up the middle, make sure they can't run through it, make them go outside wide so we can just run sideline to sideline. Awesome, Jaden. Well, hey, that'll just about do it. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. Once again, no this problem. is Jaden Jernigan, Allen, uh, Allen defensive lineman. The Eagles host Plano East Friday, 7 o'clock, right out here at Eagle right Stadium. Here. Should be a good one. Jaden, appreciate you taking the time, man. Good luck no to you no on problem. Friday. Thank you. Thanks again to Jaden Jernigan for taking the time to chat for our student-athlete spotlight, previewing Plano East versus Allen, our game of the week for Week 7. we got four more games, though, on the docket that we're going to chat about, um, including another battle of the unbeatens out in District 7-5A Division 2. If Plano East-Allen was, uh, you know, kind of your 1A as far as, you know, worthy game of the week selections, this one would have been just as strong. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lovejoy hosting Frisco Reedy. In my opinion, this should have won game of the week. Oh, well, here yeah. you go. So, um, um, so yeah, both teams are undefeated, and you know, something's yeah, yeah. We're gonna have one team in first place by the end of the uh, by the end of the week. So, Brian, um, you know, and you've been champing up a bit to talk a little bit of Reedy. So, just talk about it. What's your initial read on this matchup, and then give your pick. Lovejoy hasn't played anyone. Um, the level of competition so far in the first four games is is pretty weak. I'm not gonna <laughs> sugarcoat it. They played Memorial, Lebanon Trail. Um, who else? Braswell. Braswell and. Heritage. Heritage. Yep. Heritage hasn't won a game. Uh, Reedy, they played the Colony. They played Lake Dallas. They played Denison. Their level of competition is much higher. They're certainly more battle tested. <laughs> um, they're ready. They're ready for this game. Uh, and I don't think Lovejoy, I don't think I don't think they are. I think in Chad uh, head coach Chad Cole, excuse me, <clears throat> he uh, he's kinda confused as to which Lovejoy team this oh, yeah. is. No one because, knows what Lovejoy yeah, is. Because they haven't played anyone. Yeah. So he doesn't know, you know, is are they that good? Or yeah. is it just the, the level of competition that they're playing? So we'll see. This is man, this is this is gonna be a great game. We're gonna great, learn a ton game. about Lovejoy in the coming weeks. Biggest bummer weather related bummer of the of the non district yeah. schedule was Lovejoy not getting to play a game. I thought you were about to say there was rain supposed to be Friday. No, no. No, it was it was I the biggest loss of the uh, Let me quickly check. <laughs> right? Because this game is not at the star, it's at Lovejoy. So yeah. my heart rate just sped up. Anyway, definitely the biggest loss of, of the non district schedule not getting to see Lovejoy go to Silver Springs. Yeah. Well technically they went to Silver Springs, but which is even play. worse. They drove all the way down there but did not play, which is you know, Silver Springs is really good and that would have been kind of the the, the one litmus test for for the leopards you know coming into district play but i mean you know from from 
a vantage point of covering Lovejoy more than I've covered Reedy, I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B as far as, you know, Lovejoy being good and the level of competition. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. Because I certainly think that Lovejoy is good, and you have to play who's in front of you. They can't help that they had the, the most back-loaded 7-5A Division II schedule of any team, which I think is, you know, I think that's fair to say, because they mm-hmm. still have to play Reedy, Princeton, Lake Dallas, Denison, and Frisco, which are literally the five <laughs> the five, five teams in, in, in playoff contention. So, um, it's it's going to be interesting. Like like you said, we're going to learn a lot about who Lovejoy is. But at the same time, you know, that's a very mature veteran football team with a very mature veteran offense. Carson Collins knows how to run that offense. Jahi Rainey is a beast, a very physical downhill runner that, you know, goes for 200 yards all the time. I'm not saying that he will against Reedy, but but expect him to have a, a, a good game and see, the, and, and see a lot of touches. So, I mean, I, I went with Reedy in the picket line, but, I mean, it's – it's tight. It's. I think it's. Than, than I think. I think it'll be interesting. I think that Lovejoy's defense will really have to show up because they haven't seen anybody even close to Reedy um, and that offensive line and, and just everything that Reedy brings on offense. And and that's kind of the big question mark coming into this season for Lovejoy. You know, you lose Bumper Pool. Um, how does the defense kind of take a collection of good players, but not one standout, and, and put together a good year? But Coach Cole told me about a middle linebacker that loves to get his nose in the football. He's um, he might Christian. be talking about Coleman Christensen. Yeah, he's become like the de facto leader of that defense for sure. He is the leader of that defense with with Bumper Pool gone, um, but he isn't Bumper Pool, and, mm-hmm. and he'll be the first one to tell you that. He and when he talks about the defense, he talks about you know it's a collection of guys that that work well together and believe in each other without a bumper pool type star to just kind of blow up plays and and make big splash plays so it'll be their first big test of you know kind of you know just how good they are and 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 i think the offense um will certainly put up points i think that they're just a very well-oiled machine they do what they do very well um but i mean i took reedy but i think it'll be i think it'll be a good game i don't think reedy you know just uh, blows them out Go ahead. No, so I was going to say, yeah, the picket line was very much uh, in agreement as a, a clean sweep for Frisco Reedy over Lovejoy. Let's shift gears to our uh, to another game. This one, another uh, District 9-6A game. This one out at BW Durham Stadium behind, what is it, Reynolds Middle School? The best stadium in all of <laughs> 6A. You don't mean that. Um, Prosper hosting Jesuit, a matchup between two teams that are uh, even in the standings right now at 1-1. One one. Um, two teams that were expected at the start of the season to be in that playoff conversation. And we'll see. We'll see how Prosper handles bouncing back from its first loss of the season, what Jesuit looks like after a very surprising surprising loss to McKinney Boyd. So, um, yeah, Brian, you cover Prosper. What's your read on this one? I'm worried about E.J. Smith. He had a big game against Boyd, and if the if Prosper defense can't hang with Smith, who's Emmett Smith's son, yeah. uh, Prosper Hall of Famer, uh, not Prosper Hall of Famer, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys <laughs> Hall of Famer, needs no introduction. Yeah. Uh, if they can slow him down, I think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. Where'd you lean on this one as far as Prosper? Prosper. How about you, Taylor? I took Prosper as well. Uh, Jesuit <laughs> losing to Boyd scares me. Um, it, I think yeah. Boyd is, is certainly improving. I think that, you know, as is apparently typical of Boyd, they're kind of picking up steam and yeah. playing better as the season goes along. So not a not an awful loss, but I think that Jesuit defense is is poorer than a lot of us even thought it would be. Um, and, and Jesuit's kind of underperforming compared to what we thought coming into this year. And I think that Prosper is, is certainly for real at 6A level, having seen them now and seen them kind of, you know, play a bunch of 6A teams, seeing them play Plano East, um, even in a loss, I thought that they looked you know they held their own. They were competitive, so I think that I think that they uh, they handled Jesuit. It, it'll be a good one, but I, I had Prosper as well. I think they have a bad taste in their mouth from that Plano East game. Yeah, they had an extra week to get over it and prepare for a Jesuit squad. 
And like you said, I don't think Jesuits as good as. But to be fair, that same logic does apply to Jesuits. Yeah, absolutely. But they lost to Boyd. <laughs> Boyd's the thing with yeah. Boyd is like they, it was just a matter of just being able to like they could move the ball. Yep. I don't, I don't want to say it will, but they were. I want to say that through non-district, like they were. I want to say fourth in the district in yard, just in yards yeah. in total in total offense. But they were like seventh in points per game or something like that. It yeah. was just something like well, there was they a, just really struggled to turn the, that yardage in, in, in offense, and that could be a bit of an indictment on the Jesuit defense yeah. that that's finally the the, the the defense that Boyd's offense mm-hmm. woke up against. Well, but, it's interesting too because there's an interesting wrinkle with Boyd in that you know I was talking to uh, Plano West head coach Scott Smith who has mm-hmm. Boyd this week, um, and Boyd was was really working with a, a pretty spread out offense, a real spread look you know through the first several yeah. weeks and all their losses, and then they went to a very run-heavy, more typical, you know, run package uh, look against Jesuit that obviously worked. But if Jesuit struggled with that, then how are you going to handle Wayne Anderson? Anderson yeah. You know what I mean? Anderson, so so that's an interesting wrinkle in this Joe one, too. will be the best back in, in the district when all is yeah. said and done. The, uh, the picket line, let's see. This was actually a 5-1 to one nod. Um, Prosper gets the nod. Justin Thomas, though, picking Jesuit. Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf, mm-hmm. Justin Thomas. Just Not a terrible pick. I mean, it, this is one of those ones oh, yeah. where it goes 5-1. I could have easily seen it being 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's going to be a close one. I got Prosper winning by 9. That, that was my official prediction, 33-24. Could be closer. Could be, uh, could be further apart. Yeah, three field goal score. Huh? Elsewhere in uh, in the area, a probably the marquee game on the docket in District Six Six A this week. Uh, Hebron, fresh off a who a crushing. Uh, what was it on a blocked field goal? The worst beat I've had on the picket line this year. I was the only person to take Hebron. They get the game winner blocked. Sixteen yeah. by like eight games in the picket line. I think you're okay. Sixteen to fifteen loss to Hebron. The Hawks will try to bounce back against a surging Marcus team. Marcus winners of four straight. They are two and zero in district. Fresh off a uh, pretty impre- pretty fun, I should say, uh, um, come from behind victory over Irving. You Nimitz. were there, right? Twenty-seven twenty. Yeah. Nimitz is good, game. man. Nimitz is solid. Nimitz is definitely, I think, uh, might have. Uh, we definitely. Definitely might have undersold how competitive Irving ISD yeah. can be in this. Mm-hmm. I could see Nimitz working its way into that playoff equation. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, this is about Marcus and Hebron. So um, my biggest read on this was just simply like I just Hebron has more ways to beat you. Just yep. straight up, they do. Whether it's Carson Harris, Jalen Lott, Trajan Bridges, um, you know Marcus is just a little bit too reliant on that ground game. Passing games making some strides with Gary yeah. Meyer, but um, just I think you just again if I'm just looking for the team that just can win the game in more ways, I just decide with Hebron in this one. So yeah, I think the Hawks uh, right the this week against Marcus. Yeah, I took Hebron as well. It kind of reminds me of the conversation we had about Plano East and Prosper. Plano East just has so many ways to win a football game. They're, they're so good on offense and in a lot of different capacities and um, you know have a good defense and all that. Hebron, even with the loss last week, I think that was a great showing uh, against Capel. Um, I forgive you guys for, for blowing up my picket line, but it's fine. Uh, I took Hebron again this week uh, over Marcus. I think Marcus, like you said, improved, but but not quite good enough to get there against Hebron. It was a, it was a clean sweep for Hebron in favor of Marcus. So the entire picket line in unison, we like Hebron to pick up the win Friday against Marcus at the Woodshed. And let's round this out with a look at a uh, rivalry game out in uh, out in Mesquite between Mesquite and North Mesquite. Um, let's see. This game is Friday, 7.30 p.m. out at Mesquite Memorial Stadium. Mesquite leads the all-time series 20 25 to 22 to 1. There's a time there someplace. <laughs> Somewhere. Um, Mesquite was involved in the funkiest game of the week. I don't know what to think about Mesquite <laughs> anymore. After they after they beat Horn and then lose 6 to 4 to Rockwell Heath, was, my head is just spinning. It was 4 to 0 at halftime. Yeah, that's, my head is just spinning. It's a soccer. That's a baseball score. Yeah. That's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the, the yeah. weirdest score of the USC all season, a 6 to 4 loss to Rockwell Heath. Meanwhile, uh, North Mesquite got off to an impressive start after its bye week. They made good on that 
extra time off. They want to shoot out over Tyler Lee, 41-34. to Tim Cedar's got that squad headed in the right direction. Yep. Big game for quarterback Kamari Thompson. He had five touchdowns in that win. So on the one hand, I'm trying to assess this game like, wow, look at the job that the North offense did piling up points. But, I mean, at the very least, you know, while 6-4 to four is a is an oddball <laughs> score, no matter which way you look at it, it's still an impressive defensive game sure. <laughs> from Mesquite. So, But nevertheless, that did not seem to matter a whole lot in the uh, in the picket line. Maybe we're just captivated by offense a bit more than we are defense. Well, I think the you know the six to four score. Maybe it's a if you want to you know sugarcoat it as a defensive showdown or, or whatever. It's 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 who it came against for me. I don't think Rockwell Heath is very good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expected I had Mesquite to win that game, and and it's just a little. Um, it, it's a, it takes me back a little bit that you know they dropped that one, especially in the way that they did, because that offense looked like it was kind of starting to find its rhythm, and then you go out and lose six to four. So um, I think just you know on the back of the big win over Tyler Lee, which is you know a good football program, uh, pretty consistently, I, I went with uh, with Northern Mesquite. But who knows? I don't know picking Mesquite games anymore. Who what knows? was that previous meeting record between the two? Twenty five to twenty two to one in favor of Mesquite. North Mesquite's going to tack on their uh, third, <laughs> third win ever against Mesquite. Oh, no, that's Mesquite. 20 yeah. Oh, it was the other way around. Oh, yeah, it's tw- yeah, Mesquite leads the series 25 to 22. Oh, he's in two. Oh, oh no. Jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm in that yeah, side. No. So, yeah, whereas last week, you know, we all picked Tyler Lee to beat North Mesquite. This week, I guess it's us trying Drinking to. Drinking the Kool Aid again. Never yeah. picking against North Mesquite. Yeah. Us being reactionary, if you want to talk yeah. about that. But um, it was a 5 to 1 nod for North Mesquite over their rivals, Mesquite. Justin Thomas, once again, the lone wolf on this one. He's taking the ski. Man, he's all over the lone wolf. He's going to pick a major hit, or he's going to jump me and then come for y'all. Well, maybe not you, but come for you and Kendrick. Uh, that's, that's, I got that in my crosshairs right there. <laughs> Still plenty of time. So let's see. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that is a look at, uh, let's see, five of the uh, of the biggest games on our uh, coverage market for the week. It is. I'm a, it's fun, good fun week. week at high school football. Looking forward to it very much so. Um, I you know, The game I'll be at on Friday is one that did not make the cut, unfortunately, for this top five, but a game that's definitely got some nice backstory. I'm going to be out at Clark Stadium in Plano to cover uh, Plano Senior hosting McKinney in uh, District 9-6A action. Plano, uh, fresh off the bye week, trying to snap a two-year losing skid to the Lions, who are looking for their first one under head coach Marcus Shavers. Plano definitely not taking it lightly, though, especially after no. the, uh, the mm-hmm. recent history between these two teams. Well, and yeah. only beating West by 14 points. I mean, I know it's a rivalry game, but yeah. Plano's, probably looking, to, Plano's yeah. probably looking to make a little bit of a statement, I would think, this week. We shall see. Yeah, that's my game. Um, as far as you, Taylor, we already alluded to yep. you got the biggest game of Plano the week. Plano East for all of us. You see y'all at Eagle Stadium. Brian, actually, yeah, you're going out of town. I'm going to be gone. You. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> we'll nevertheless have a reporter out covering sure. the Love Joy Reedy game, as well as um, you know Heber Marcus, all that good stuff. So, nevertheless, um, yeah, we'll be passing along updates throughout our games. Taylor, they can follow you along where at on Twitter. Uh, it's just my name, Taylor Raglin, R A G L I N. I am M Welch S L M. Brian, you're not going to be tweeting at anything. They can still follow me at Brian Murphy underscore. Still hit the follow button. Some vacation photos, perhaps. Yeah, going out to Boston. Yeah, I might roll. To Fenway, you know, the, the AL- oh, this is a big baseball game. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and then afterwards, once our games are finished, the, uh, the first spot you can check that stuff out is at starlocalmedia.com. There you can find game stories, our rapid reaction podcast, video highlights, all the good stuff that encompasses our usual Friday night football coverage. And that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, it's been Matt Welch with Brian Murphy, Taylor Raglan. I got everybody's names. There right you go. Uh, <laughs> folks, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. 
Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers. For more job openings, if you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.